Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. Hello there, this is Dee, and welcome to episode 78 of the Benzo Free Podcast. As you may know, we are now on a weekly podcast schedule, and that means more frequent episodes. And I I like that direction. I think that's going to be good for keeping in contact. Now, these will be a little bit shorter than usual and a little more raw and impromptu. So I'm going to have some gaffes here and there, um, misspeak now and then. And a lot of times I'll leave that in because I'm trying to produce more content and I don't have the time to do all the detailed editing I normally did. But also, I think it makes it more of a conversation between us, because when we talk one-on-one, none of us are really polished. We often misspeak and say the wrong thing, and that's just how it is. So I think that's how we'll go forward. (sighs) How are things here? Um, Not that you asked, but (laughs) I'm going to pretend you did anyway. Uh, Really busy. Very, very busy, but not, not all bad. Some of it's good. The situation with my parents is still a struggle. I'm not going to go into detail right now. For those of you who've been listening to the podcast, you know what's happening. But it's a lot. Um, It's a lot more than I ever imagined taking on being power of attorney financially and medically for two people and people who are often being taken to the hospital and having ongoing problems and resolving issues. And uh, it just doesn't seem to ease. But, you know, so many of you have been through that, too, and I'm not really trying to (laughs) to get sympathy vote here. This is just what we go through when our parents age. And I'm now going through that for mine. That's all. But also, I have the podcast keep me pretty busy. And, of course, the new position as co-chair of the Benzodiazepine Action Workgroup is also keeping me quite busy. But those are really good things. It's great getting back to the podcast. This is one of the things that keeps me busy and keeps me in touch and excited and and productive um, to feel like, I mean, that's a huge thing. I didn't script this. I'm going off on a tangent because that's what D does. But I think I, I, I shared this with my wife only about a week ago. You know, there's a lot of things we lose in benzodiazepine withdrawal, especially when it's protracted like it is for so many Um, And it was for me, I'm now six and a half years benzo-free, but still with symptoms, as many of you know. But I think one of the things we've lost or can lose or becomes diminished is self-confidence. I know that's the case for me, and I think for many of you. We we can't, for many of us, we lose our jobs. We lose um, sometimes family. We sometimes lose our relationships. We We lose respect. We lose productivity. We lose freedom, independence. 
we can lose a lot of things in benzo withdrawal. And working to get some of that back is a long road. But it's a, it's a worthy path. And I'm feeling that now. I feel like all this meant something. Like what I went through, you know, the, the hell that so many of you are still in. Um, for me, led to my book, which led to the podcast, which led to the Easing Anxiety website, which now has led to this benzodiazepine action work group. And the actually the ability to make real differences in how benzodiazepine patients are treated and how these drugs are prescribed. That's pretty amazing. And it makes me feel or start to feel worthy again. And and most of you, and I don't want to I don't want to um diminish at all that I, I, I didn't feel worthy while I was doing the podcast or while I am doing the podcast, because that is not the case. In fact, oh, that's my computer. If you heard that sound, it's just an email coming in. I'm doing this in front of my computer again, a little bit raw. So pardon that, that noise. Um, but, and, oh, Benzo brain block. Yes, here we go again. See, this is when I wish maybe it was live and one of you on chat could just pipe in, hey, D, this is what you were talking about. <laughs> and you could tell me so I could jump back to it. But Benzo Brain doesn't always let me just jump back to what I was talking about. And then you, the listener, starts to figure out, you know, or gets confused as to where's he where's he going now? <laughs> and I don't know because I'm trying to remember what I was talking about. Um, but I know it had something to do with I can kind of retrace it sometimes. Do you you all have that? It's it's nuts. But I I know we were talking about um, self-confidence and getting that back. And with this committee and making a difference. Oh, and the podcast. That's where we were. Thank you. I just want you all to know that it was actually your emails and your correspondence to me for the last three, two and a half years or whatever, the podcast, that have kept me going, that has given myself my, my life purpose. And that's been huge. But it's nice to have another layer of that on top of it, I guess, is what I was trying to say. So I hope that's okay. Anyway, I'm rambling on, and I shouldn't because this episode is supposed to be about you. Your comments, your questions, your suggestions. I'm just going to randomly take some of these, and we're going to have some fun with it. You know, we're doing stuff a little bit different. But So, so that was our introduction on our format today. Um, I'm going to talk about a couple brief news items, but then we're going to jump right into our mailbag. And you know, we're just going to do the mailbag until you run out of time. How's that sound? I think that sounds like fun. Before we move on, don't forget, I'd love to hear from you. Comment on our videos on YouTube or podcast posts via our feedback form on our website at easinganxiety.com feedback. And while you're there, feel free to subscribe to our mailing list or even donate to support the work we do. We've had a few problems with the donation engine lately, but I hope it's going to be back up and running in a day or two. So it should be back up and running soon. Um, and don't forget, the Benzo Free Podcast is for informational purposes only and should never be considered medical advice. So let's talk about a couple news items. The first one I want to mention, um, and I will mention it again because it's still out a bit, but it's an event called Psychiatric Drugs Post-Withdrawal Experiences Town Hall. This event will be on May 14th, 2021. And I believe it's going to be, let's look real quick here, at the timing will be 
12 noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific time, and you can hopefully calculate from the host to figure out what it will be for you locally. This event is um, pretty exciting, and it's got a lot of great people tied with it. Um, Nicole Lamberson is Benzodiazepine Information Coalition, who, um, of course, many of you know and has been amazing in all the work they do in the benzo community. Um, Adele Framer, Will Hall, Dr. David Healy, and James Moore will also be on this town hall. And they're going to discuss um, examining protracted problems that can arise after psychiatric drug withdrawal. Now, that sounds right down our wheelhouse. Is that a term? Down our wheelhouse? In our wheelhouse. Downstream. Woo! When you mix cliches and you don't really understand each one, it's something you probably shouldn't do. So I'll take that back, but I'll leave it at anyway. Um, so learn more about this event. You can find out more on um, BIC's website, Benzodiazepine Information Coalition's website at benzoinfo.com. And you can get tickets um, through the flyer there. There's a link to that flyer on their homepage and on their blog. So please go check it out. I think a donation is suggested of $1, but not necessarily required. And I think it'd be a really good event um, to, to listen to. I'll probably try to tune into it if I can. And I hope some of you do too. We'll probably promote this again, mention to it again as it gets closer. But right now I just wanted to give a save the date promotion out there for you. And the second thing I wanted to get was just a reminder. And this one is actually for um, our event from Benzodiazepine Action Workgroup. Don't forget on Tuesday, April 27th is our screening of the film Medicating Normal. And that will be followed by a post-screen panel discussion and Q&A with Alexis Ritfo, MD, MPH, Leslie Brooks, MD, John State, Terry Schreiber, and Trina Fotts. And I will be acting as moderator and host for this panel, so please, on April 27th, join us for that event if you can. Um, visit the website at medicatingnormal.com and just click on Watch the Film, and you can learn more about that. And that's all I'm going to mention today in the news, because I really want to get to the mailbag. As you can tell, I'm quickly going through things. <laughs> Our mailbag today is our feature. Um, so for the rest of this episode, I'm going to share your questions, comments, and suggestions. And I just want to first off say thank you to everyone for your emails and your, your um, um, feedback form submissions and your comments on YouTube and, and on our posts. All of that information feeds this. And I have tons of comments and suggestions and questions to share today. Far more than I'll have time to get to. So we'll be doing this again soon. I promise you. And I didn't even prepare. Sometimes when I do the mailbag, actually most of the time I've done the mailbag in the past, I would prepare a script. And I would write the, take it and cut and paste it into my script, the question or comment. And then I'd even write below it, you know, write out my answer. But again, because we're doing this weekly and I have a little less prep time for each one of these, I'm just going into my Microsoft OneNote, that's the tool I use for tracking all my correspondence with everybody through the podcast. And I'm just going to go through that one by one and find ones to talk about. And we'll discuss it a little bit. How's that sound? I like it. I hope you do too. Our first one comes from Antonio. He asks, I have tapered from 80, 90, or 100 milligrams per day for two years now. I went through the hardest time and finally got down to 7 milligrams per day, but the problem is that when I got to 2.5 milligrams and stopped, 
the anxieties came back. So I had to go back to seven milligrams per day. Now I'm afraid to cut down some more. What should I do? Well, that's a good question. And it's a question that we get a lot um, that many of you have asked. Um, I asked the same question during my withdrawal. The, the pace of the taper is, first of all, between you and your physician. I cannot advise you on the pace or how you taper or anything like that. I am not a medical professional and I can't give medical advice. So that's where I'm limited. But I can just talk to you about generalities and things that I've done and things that I've seen. If you wanted to go back to the Ashton Manual, um, which is, I, I think, always a good place to go back to start, as you know, is that it's okay to stop and stay at a level for a while. She mentioned that in her manual, and I did the same thing. I actually stopped for some time. I updosed and didn't go back down again for a while after a um, very stressful trip that I had to do for business. It's up to you. I think one of the keys that Ashton mentions that many other people mentioned is flexibility, knowing what works for you. I understand the fear to go back and staying where you are for a while is okay. You can wait until those anxieties ease some, wait until some of your symptoms ease before you start up again. If you choose to withdraw, if you choose to withdraw, then your primary goal is to be free of these drugs and to be able to stay free of these drugs. That's typically, I believe, the, the goal for most of us when we go through withdrawal. And to, you know, of course, get our lives back and, and be healthy. So if you're tapering too quickly and it's forcing you to reinstate or updose or rebound at some point, then that's not success. I, I'm a believer in, um, and of course, this is what Ashton, um, this is the FDA's also mentioned that, but the slow taper is taking your time. And I understand you've been tapering for two years now and it probably seems like forever. But it's okay to stop for a while and, and allow yourself to calm down. Allow yourself to stabilize before you move on. Again, this is not advice on how to taper. I can't give you advice. I'm only telling you that it's okay because I've done that or that it's okay because Ashton has mentioned that it's okay. Um, but most people I've talked to, we often have to pause and kind of let our symptoms ease. And then when we feel comfortable, we can go back on. From my experience talking with different people through the podcast, I haven't seen a lot of success, and I'm just saying this anecdotally, but I haven't seen a lot of success with people that push through, that just continue to go despite their symptoms escalating. Too often they wind up rebounding or reinstating. So... I'm a believer for myself um, that I, I would prefer to take it easy, to wait and wait for yourself to adjust. And in that time, work on some tools and some techniques, some techniques to manage that anxiety. I've said that many times in this podcast, but take that time to help you manage your anxiety so you can ease it. Don't forget that one of the things we lose during our use of benzodiazepines is that learning deficit that Ashton mentions. And I think that's important to also remember is that you are not only 
probably have some neurological damage that is trying to heal from the use of this drug long term. But you also have a learning deficit because you have not had to manage your own anxiety. The pill did that for you for a while. And now that you're out of practice. Now you are, you need to rebuild those skills. And that's that learning deficit that Ashton talks about. Thanks, Antonio, for the email and the question. I understand how hard it is, especially during the taper, but um, I would stick with Ashton in this one, which is don't be in a hurry. Take your time, do it right the first time, and then that can be your only time. My next one is from Anya, and she has her own YouTube channel, so I just want to mention that to you here, called Positive Benzo Withdrawal. So you might want to go check that out. Anya said the following. I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. I've been chatting with Monica since her setback. I've also been in an antibiotic setback. She said you may have one of the new symptoms, which is stabbing ear pain and jaw pain. I got diagnosed with bruxism during my taper a couple or a few years ago and wore a night guard for a while. I stopped wearing it many months ago. In, in the last couple of weeks, I've been grinding more and now have a sharp shooting pain in my right ear when I pull on the earlobe or put a finger in my ear. Jaw and teeth are also hurting. ENT said via email he didn't think it was an ear infection. I am so loath to take an antibiotic, so I am really hopeful it's not. And the ENT said I should speak to a dentist. I'll make an appointment this week. H have you heard of this sharp stabbing ear pain and, and any help with the TMJ. Thanks and hope you are well, Anya. Great question, Anya, thank you so much. And thanks for, um, I'm not seeing your channel yet. I promise I will go check it out, but just thanks for all you're doing and for everyone out there who is trying to help people who are struggling with benzodiazepine withdrawal. So I wrote back to Anya as I always do with each person that reaches out to me and um, I mentioned to her that I did struggle with TMJ. Um, I don't know if I had the stabbing ear pain. I have the tinnitus. I do have the TMJ. I do have, and in fact, that got really bad for me during um, my later stages of withdrawal. And I do have a night guard, much like you had mentioned. And I've had my night guard for many years, and I got that from my dentist. I think dentists are pretty good at helping out with this with this area. And I thank God I have. I was grinding my teeth, part of part of that problem and part of my anxiety. And I do believe that that night guard is keeping me from having a lot more crowns. I've already, I had three crowns right in the middle of my um, acute phase of withdrawal. And it was not pleasant to try to get through um, because of my anxiety. But I did it and I have those three crowns. And since then I haven't needed more, but I'm, I'm grateful to that night guard for helping to save my, um, to save my, my teeth. Now, as, as for the cause and what's going on, one of the things we always want to keep remembering is in benzodiazepine withdrawal, our muscles take a big hit. Not only are most benzodiazepines excellent muscle relaxants, and now we are without those and we're recovering from that, but of course, also the damage that's been done to our neuro neurological system can also create that tension and anxiety tenses our bodies. That's a typical response to normal anxiety. And so when we're heightened and we have those heightened reactions, as we often do in benzodiazepine withdrawal, then it makes sense that we're even tighter. 
And those two different factors play into a lot of increased muscle tension. That muscle tension can show in many ways. Um, when I was through my withdrawal, I had a lot of massaging and my massage therapist would frequently comment about how tight my neck and shoulders and my pelvis was. That's where I carried my stress. So as far as the, the pain in the ear, the pain in the, in the jaw, um, I believe a lot of that is the, our nervous system is not sending the right messages and it's locking us up. And also, of course, our muscles are pretty locked up and tight. And that's causing all kinds of symptoms throughout our body. I believe that the TMJ is part of that. And as far as the piercing ear pain, that very well might also be related. I don't really know, but that's a good thing to get checked out. And I'll always say on this podcast, if you don't know or you're worried, get it checked out. Anyway, thank you for the email, Anya, and thanks for everything you're doing. I really appreciate you touching base. Our next one was from our YouTube channel. This is from Barry, and he wrote the following. Been on clonopin 0.5 milligrams once a day for 10 years. Do I have to stop it now? Well, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> and a very complex one. <laughs> simple question, not simple answer. Um, up front, gotta say, that decision is between you and your physician. Um... So please work with your physician on the decision whether or not to taper. It is a personal choice. I believe, and I, most people that work in the benzo community believe that the decision whether or not to taper is a personal one, and it's your decision. Nobody should be forced to withdraw from benzodiazepines. Many people, for me, I was on it for 12 years, same drug, clonopin. Um, I got up to two milligrams, okay, on clonopin. And as most of you know, clonazepam, clonopin, is um, one of the top three most potent benzodiazepines, along with Xanax and Halcyon. And um, that means it's equal to about 20 times the milligrams of Valium. So one milligram of Valium, no, scratch that, <laughs> one milligram of Clonopin equals about 20 milligrams of Valium. Very potent drug. So 0.5 milligrams is still about 10 milligrams of Valium. But I would tell you this. If I was going to make the choice, this is what I would do. I would first go get the Ashton Manual. If you haven't seen it, read it. It's at benzo.org.uk slash manual, I believe is the link. Um, you can also find it on our Benzo Free site at benzofree.org slash Ashton. Just so you know, um, we still have our Benzo Free site up at benzofree.org because I am currently still transitioning all the Benzo information over to our new site at easinganxiety.com. And all that will be there hopefully soon. But until it is, BenzoFree still runs. So if you go to BenzoFree.org slash Ashton, you can actually read more about her and find a link directly to the manual there if you'd like to go that route. I would first read that and get educated on it. And then I would go to sites like Benzodiazepine Information Coalition and the Alliance for Benzodiazepine Best Practices, which are, in my opinion, the two most respected sites out there right now for information on this medication. And get good information, and then make your decision based on that with your physician's support. Decide what's best for you. This is a personal decision, and I cannot tell you whether or not you should withdraw. I'm not a medical professional, and I am not you. So you need to decide for yourself what's the right choice. But I know it's a hard one. 
Barry, I wish I wish you luck, and I hope you find the best choice for it. If you have any other questions, please feel free to email me or fill out our feedback form at easinganxiety.com slash feedback, and I would love to talk with you more. Well, when I ramble on about these, um, my time does go by fast, <laughs> and if I'm trying to keep these under 30 minutes, then um, I'm not doing very well, so we'll see. <laughs> um, let's take a short break for our disclaimer. And then we will get to our moment of peace. Thank you. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical health or psychological advice nor any other kind of personal professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benzo Free Podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering or any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org slash disclaimer. And that brings us to our closing. Our moment of peace. It's just one minute and it's an opportunity to quiet your mind a bit before you return to the chaos of the real world. Please remember that you should only do this if you are in a safe place where you can close your eyes, relax, and let the world pass by without you for a minute. Let's get started. Close your eyes and relax. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second and let it out slowly. Let's do that again. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second and let it out slowly along with all the stress of the day. One more time. Take a deep breath in. Hold it for a second. And let it out slowly, relaxing your entire body. Now just breathe slowly and naturally. And listen to the soothing music in the background. If your mind wanders, just gently bring it back to your breath. Continue to do this for one minute.
Our next scheduled episode is episode 79, and it will be released on Friday, April 23rd. Thank you again for joining me today, and please, let us know how we did. Keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself. I'll see you next time.